0: Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Stair Down. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show with a couple people in real estate and a couple people not in real estate. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Rister in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and our buddy Shea Brewer out in the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon. Guys, it's been a busy, busy two weeks since we last talked. Kind of had a nice, enjoyable last Sunday. I'm sure you guys did as well, but let's go. let's start out like we always do. Bill, I know you're probably not drinking tonight because you're kind of getting back on American time, but welcome back to the States. How was your weekend? And we'll get to your Wimbledon experience in just a bit. But how was your weekend and, and you're, you're two days two weeks away?
1: Yeah, so the, um, the, the, the weekend's been great. Uh, I spent uh, 11 hours on a plane <laughs> yesterday getting back to, uh, to uh, Orlando and then a two-hour drive back home. So I rolled in about midnight on Saturday night here, got up at five in the morning to go golf um did not walk the course i decided i was going to ride not only because i was a little bit beat and time lagged but uh we had a storm coming in that did hit on our 18th hole so uh, i mean uh, no lightning and thunder but just torrential rain which was really fun to watch guys try to putt on greens that are you know have rivers flowing down them but i think Bill, let you know, me just let me interrupt for one second yeah.
0: I, I gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta intuition that your your travel partner cindy loved when you left the house at 8 5 because she rolled over for about four more hours of sleep right
1: <laughs> here's here's the truth she got up to watch which Wimbledon. was yeah. to watch yeah to, well the off today right oh that's Wimbledon, right that's yeah, right dark the first sunday uh, as long as there was no rain delays or anything um so there was no tennis but when i got home she was watching the nadal curios replay <laughs> so it even though there was no live tennis she was watching a replay but no um i think we, we both napped today um I napped through the entire PGA event. <laughs> that's a long nap, but uh, after golf and a nice hearty lunch, I was ready. I was just crashed because I knew I had to get up eight o'clock to be here to join you fellows. So that's, that's a quick look. We're going to talk about some more of it in a little bit. Uh, Todd, how about you?
2: Uh, hey, great, uh, great weekend. Um, first of all, long, like most people had a nice four day weekend with the, the holiday. Um, went to a Braves game yesterday. Forgot how, forgot how fun that is. That mm. is a, a darn good time. The brand-new stadium, I guess, is a couple years old now.
0: You sat about, what, 40 rows back over third base? It looked like you had great seats. But kind of eye level to the field. Beautiful spot.
2: So, um, yes and no. Um, we went to a four – it was a 4 o'clock game yesterday. Um, live and learn. Um, if you go to a 4 o'clock game and it's sunny, you want to be on the first base side
1: <laughs> of <here. laughs> the field. So, is- that's pretty standard in any ballpark. That's why southpaws are left-handers, right? I mean, the sun's yeah, yeah. always <laughs> kind of the same orientation.
2: And, and that's something that again, live and learn, right? I never right. put two and two together. Um, so we we were we were stubborn. Um, you know me, Sean, for a while. We sat the first two innings in our seats and absolutely roasted, but enjoyed ourselves. And then the beauty of the modern ballpark it's it's not just a baseball game. It's a it's a fan experience, right? So. Walked all around, finally settled in about where our seats were, but it was under the shade, and we're right on the third base side. Had a great view um, to the batter's box. So just, just a great time. Uh, Braves fell fell short. Five, uh, they lost 5-4, but they won today um, and, and took the series. So the last nine series the Braves have played, they've won eight, and they split two and two. So they're, they're on a, a bit of a roll, which is good. But – um, long-winded. Had a had a great weekend. A lot of great sports. And uh, looking forward to tonight. Having a, having a good conversation. So, um, gee Shay, what's going on there on the west side? Was that a good throw? A good segue. <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm catching it and uh, I'm catching it, doubling up. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm actually in Las Vegas. Ooh. go figure right oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh nba summer league and we all know how i love nba basketball and so uh, i'm here in vegas uh able to catch in a few games able to uh, catch in a few uh few conferences it's it's really weird that las vegas is the epicenter of basketball for this entire month so the entire month of July, there's two weeks to summer league. There's USA basketball here. There's a Adidas gauntlet, which is like the AAU circuit here. So for about a six week span, all basketball basically comes through Las Vegas. Mm. And it's just amazing to see how many players from all different levels, from, you know, Division Two college guys to Division One college guys to G League guys to drafted guys to in current NBA players and coaches and, and all kinds of execs and everything that, that just come through Las Vegas this time of the year. It's, uh, it's a good time to be here other than the fact it's 105 degrees outside.
0: So, Shay, you dropped a a very subtle double entendre there. You said the epicenter. Did you happen to feel the earthquake the other day?
3: (laughs) So, no, um, that seems to be the the topic of conversation for everyone around here. Um, 7.1 is what it came in at uh, Saturday, or, yeah, Saturday night. And And that was the one centered near Fresno, right? Correct. And then the one, uh, Ridgeville, was 6.4, 6.7 or something like that on Friday or Thursday. So um yeah, unfortunately I just got here today. And so I was able not not unfortunately. Fortunately I just got here today, <laughs> so I missed it all. Okay. But um yeah, it's just it's, it's a hot topic already. And no no effects up in Portland. No, nothing at all in Portland.
0: Okay. All right, good. Last time I was in uh, in Vegas, I think the very first time they had the NBA All-Star game out there. I was in Vegas right after it uh for our a real estate event and all the the cab drivers and uber drivers they uber was a new thing at the time but they were all complaining about how cheap the nba players are uh as hmm. far as tips i just thought that was kind of interesting that that was uh, uh one of their beefs was that you thought those guys would be dropping lots of money but maybe it's maybe it's a different game now hmm. hey, Sean, well, i don't
2: go ahead sir i'm sorry
3: no, I mean NBA players have a, a history of uh not tipping. Do they really? Uh, okay. You're yeah. strip
2: club, right, Shake? <laughs> yeah. I um
3: I I'll remember one of my uh one of my earlier Vegas trips when I was young. I'm I uh I, I play craps a lot. It's my game in the casino. And uh, I was talking to one of the craps dealers over at Caesars who had been there like thirty some years. Right. and uh he, you know they have the best stories you just tip them or you place a few bets for them and they just tell you stories all night it's great and this guy told me a story of um when like in the early 90s when Scotty Pippen was playing with the Bulls and how Pippen would just gamble all night and never tip the dealers never bet for the dealers and so he adopted the name no tipping Pippen uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a real it's a real thing because you know, you joke about it at bars and you know just around town. you tell people a story. You joke about it, and everyone has a story of either Pippen or Barkley not leaving tips.
1: <laughs> wow!
0: Wow! <laughs> That's awesome. Interesting. Hey, interesting.
1: Shay. I, while we're having this part of the conversation, I want to I want to turn you on to a documentary I watched on the flight home called "Inside the Edge: A Professional Blackjack Story." It, I know yeah. you're not. You're more of a craps guy, but it is these uh, advantage players. Cause blackjack still has that chance to get the odds in your favor, which is really Mm -hmm. rare in the house. But this guy, uh, is, 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 uh, 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 he's been, Oh, they have a a phrase for it, but he is forbidden in every casino in Vegas and he he still tries to get in. Yeah. It has a different, they have a different name, but, um, he, he tries to, uh, he wears disguises, but he travels around the country in a motorhome, just hitting casino after casino after casino and did it for an entire year. Now it was up as high as 600k, but ended up only winning about 450 thousand a year that he was out doing it. It's a really interesting story. So, What's it called? You know, that's good or bad, but <laughs> uh, Inside the Edge, a blackjack story. It's really good if you want to just see that mm. that world. Anyways, so. cool. Thanks, right. cool. cool. son. How was your week?
0: My week was good. You know, I I, I think I told you guys going off of our two-week-ago episode, I I traveled down to the south. Ryan and I took some college visits. Uh, We headed down to Starkville, Mississippi to visit Mississippi State University, and then on our way back, we hit uh, eastern Kentucky in Richmond, about 25 minutes south of Lexington, and uh, Ryan had a great chance to uh, not only tour the campuses and and take an official visit, so to speak, but also play the courses um, that both those courses or both those programs play their their golf on. Uh, Once again, this is interested in the, in the professional golf management program that's called the PGM program. Uh, And Bill is just, you know, as a fellow golfer on the, on the episode here, just listen to hundred percent placement, these, both these programs have, because when you graduate from the PGM program, you become a class A member, you become a, a member of the PGA. Uh, You could be a teaching pro, a a head pro, a director of golf, lots of different options. And so it was really fun for Ryan to learn about those things and just had a fun time, 1500 miles on the car, driving through the South and uh, stopped through Nashville drove right right down Broadway and we stopped at Vanderbilt to to visit the uh, baseball stadium there and see the the home of the current College World World Champs. Um, so it was just a fun weekend and then and then Shay played a little golf today and yesterday. Uh, very very hot. We summer has hit here in Columbus. Uh, so we have you know mid nineties feels like you know around a hundred with just massive. Humidity. I know Bill's thinking, like, yeah, whatever. Welcome, oh. to welcome to spring.
2: <laughs> but it, it
0: was it was fun. But it was so. Let, let's get to sports, guys. We have a we have a lot to talk about. Let's start with obviously probably the the, the main story of the day, at least, and that's the uh, women's World Cup ended today in a uh, in a the fourth victory for the U.S. women's national team. God, uh, let's let's turn to you. They went they went two nothing over Netherlands uh, in a zero zero tie at half. Uh, or zero, 0 draw at half, I'm not sure what you call it, but um, they end up getting a penalty kick, uh, which was on a review on a VAR call. Um, so I'll let you talk about that. And then they, they, they get a kind of, the, not the game winner, because obviously the the first goal was the game winner by Megan Rapino. but uh, just talk about the U.S. women's national team efforts in France to win their fourth World Cup and their back-to-back World Cup.
2: Yeah, I think you're referring to, uh, is it Rose Lavelle had that?
0: Yeah, I love her from yeah.
2: Cincinnati. Great, great kick. Uh, she went to University of Wisconsin, played soccer there. Um, that was, that was the put away. Um, first team to repeat in the World Cup since Germany. Um, they did it, in, I want to say oh three, and seven. Um, but this this squad, this this was a dominant squad. I mean, this was this was uh, you know LeBron with the Heat. This was the Golden State Warriors. If we're doing NBA, um, th- th- this team is so deep. I mean, you had stars um three four deep that that weren't starting um so anytime they had to go to the bench they they were just loaded um and i i think they dominated today i really do um i thought netherlands was a very good squad but offensively i don't know sean you watched a little bit off i watched the whole yeah, thing yeah yeah they they just <laughs> i think they had two shots on goals and four, they were 14 generous. to three i think 14 to three yeah. was shots on goal yeah so um i thought they hung in i thought um you know a lot of teams that are, are lesser uh in talent um you kind of hang around play good defense and maybe hope for the set play or the or the pk to, to sneak in a goal but um, us was very patient and their coach uh did a good job I, her name slips from my mind i apologize for that but she did a good job in starting who she thought uh, needed to start again she benched some stars um carly lloyd um you know the captain of the team didn't didn't start maybe one or two games but came off the bench and played a good pivotal role. Um, so, and it, I'm a USA guy all day. I'll root for them. Obviously, thrilled they won. Uh, but I will go on record: this was not the most likable team. Um, I, I really think they were so talented they didn't need um, a lot of the the, the perceived and, and the and, and the made up kind of us against the world angst. Um, Really, they, 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 they took on the world. They they basically isolated themselves and, and kind of uh, didn't care, which, again, that's good. I mean, they, they they weren't trying to win a popularity contest, but I just kind of scratched my head with the talent that they had. I wish they would have been a little more. Todd, is it,
0: is, is it fair to say they were supposed to win? I mean, they, they, were, they were the dream team. They were
2: they're they're the, they're the number one in the world. Um, yeah. That said, anytime you go through a tournament, uh, if you survive um, group play and then go win some knockout stage matches, I mean, hats off to you. Yes, they were the number one seed. Um, it would have been a big upset if they didn't win. Um, they went through the tougher side of the draw. I mean, they got France early. They got uh, England Spain, early. Yep. Yeah, so kudos to them. Um, uh, just, just a really solid team, uh, really solid team
0: they played England in the, um, semifinals, right? And, True. uh, so Bill, Bill, were you over in England when that happened?
1: Sitting in a bar and watching it. <laughs>
0: tell us, tell us, what the vibe, tell us what the vibe was. I mean, was there other Americans around you? Were you the, were you the, the Georgia other, fan in Gainesville? What, like what, you we, know
1: what? Yeah. So it was a place close to the hotel. We were, it was very, we, we were very quiet. We weren't really, didn't want to really raise a ruckus. Um, and it wasn't a big rowdy place, uh, it was just a little neighborhood bar. Uh, so, you know, they, they were excited. Um, when they're, it was fun to listen to the uh, the roars and cheers uh, for the when I that's kind of a too big a word, but the excitement went on when a play was going forward, um, when they scored, it was but but yeah it was a very quiet kind of mood afterwards, and we just quietly slipped out. I'm not one to. <laughs> You know, we were sitting at a table by ourselves, so I wasn't one to kind of start conversations. You didn't order Budweiser for everybody and say, ah. "Suck
0: on that, England. <laughs> respectful, right? You know, I'll write
1: what... that down. I got to work on that. Yeah, that's. I need something better. Yeah, respectful. I was very Todd Meininger like is what yeah. I wanted to say.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> their captain, number five, her name, uh, her, her, I, I forget her name, oh, uh, but nice. she gets a, a PK late. And um, the goalie, our, our goalie is getting a lot of hype for saving that where, quite frankly, early in the match, I thought she made a much more difficult save that that won us the game. um It wasn't a great strike by the by the england captain english captain um so that that had to hurt right when you when you have a pk in the eighty second minute yeah, tied
1: up it, it was very quiet so, uh, yeah. Very, yeah, so but good for us good but, for yeah, us absolutely
0: Let, let's just hit on it really quick guys because it's kind of become now the story that this team that was supposed to win won. Um, this equal pay discussion, uh, we're not going to solve it here between four guys uh, on this show, um, but just your thoughts on um, the, the argument of equal pay, the, the, the men's team versus the women's team. I, I don't think this is a referendum on equal pay for everything. I just think they're talking
2: soccer to soccer. Any thoughts on, on that, Todd? I, I certainly have some thoughts. Um, it, it, sports is a business, right? And the U.S. women's team are the best in the world. Um, our men's team are not best in the world. Um, we're light years behind um, the European teams, South American teams, everywhere. Um, but it's a business, so I think who draws more? I think the men's uh, draw a lot more than the women's. I think the women's game is up and coming. Um, Uh, This is kind of why I mentioned earlier uh, uh, an unlikable factor about this team. They rallied around the equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. Yes, they're the best. I want them to earn every dollar that they can. And if that means equal pay, I'm all for it. But again, on the business side and Shay, you and Bill probably know more about this working for, for major organizations. um, I I think there's a reason why they don't get paid as much. And And again, I'm not, I'm not certain, but I think the men's team generates a lot more money than the team that may be changing um but that's the way it is today
1: yeah do you think the men's team generated more money this sh- last uh, world cup session when they weren't there
2: and that's the argument <gasps> right The
1: argument. yeah that's pretty rough um
2: well the argument is is they didn't make the world cup we're winning the world cup which is is fair but again what's the what's the dollar what's the dollars and cents right
1: it, it, it's going back to uh you want know, to go back to the wta right women's tennis association was formed for that same reason right they are playing in these majors and then it's easy to say, well, they play best of three; they don't play best of five, and go on and on and on. But they've achieved equal pay; they've done it, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Um, and it can be said that in the back in the day, and even maybe even today, right? When you get a Nadal, does, 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 does a Federer Nadal match draw more than a Serena Williams Angelique Kerber match? I don't know, right? In, in terms of revenue, but they made it happen in tennis. It just to, to me, it just seems like it's something that we're not talking about busting any bank anywhere this is an issue that could just be taken care of um they 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 work as hard as anyone on the men's side it's not like they work less hard in what they're doing and you're right and revenue is a part of it sean and todd i mean todd but but i think i think um i think in this case you could you can just settle a lot of things and get it done it's not that hard a thing to fix
2: they deserve it they deserve it and i'm all for it i just don't want it to be taken to the people and as a fan, I don't want that to be my burden of that's their chip on their shoulder amongst well,
1: it, many things. It didn't have to be like, you're I, I'm sure during the match today, you, you're the, not one of us was thinking about equal pay. You were just oh, watching. There, there, watching there, a, there a chant,
3: was a chant. There was a chant at the end of the match. Yeah. At the end of the match.
1: At the end of the match. interview post game is brought up, Bill. I mean, like, during, great. during the actual play of the ma- play of the, the game, you're just like, this is great. This is great soccer. And, uh, you know it was fun to watch and they they dominated, they, you said it dominated them
0: yeah They're i not. guess here, here's my question that money maybe maybe you guys know maybe you don't um u.s men's team u.s women's team all right strictly using the the uh men's and women's to separate the two who runs those teams and does the revenue come to them and you know i heard i saw someone on twitter say the u.s women's team has higher revenue than the men's team Uh-oh. um so so Whoa. Based on that, what does that mean? Who, who, is, who gets the revenue and how are they distributing it out? Because that, that, that's more of a question of how they're distributing it out than, so, than, than for, that.
2: For, for what I know, it's – and, Shay, I'll let you jump in. For what I know, they get a, a bonus per, for being a part of the team, right? And the women's, it's 100000 The men's, it's $300,000. I'm just throwing raw numbers out there. Okay. And, and I'll let – Shay, I'll let you jump in. I'm, I'm sure you got a great point. But if I'm watching the sports reporters on Sunday, let's talk about this all day long. That's fine. I'm not saying it. I don't want it to be a topic of discussion. I just hate when really great athletes, number one in the world, have to use this as rallying points to motivate them to win. Right. And they bring. Not. It's not politics, but it is. It's politics of the game, and that kind of sours my like for them. That doesn't mean I'm not USA. That doesn't mean I'm cheering hard for them. Sure. I respect them. Um, it's just the like. Yeah. I'm not a woman. Uh, we're Sean, you, me, and Bill are old white men, right? So. Right. Uh, maybe maybe this is a great platform for it. I don't know. Shay, what do you think? Sure.
3: I just I, I kinda wanna look at it from a different angle. Like we talk about revenue. We need to we need to really clarify what type of revenue we're talking about. Are we talking about, yeah. you know, ticket sales, jersey sales, or are we talking about television revenue? Because television revenue, to my understanding, is the majority of the the funding that's coming in, right? And so the television revenue on the men's side and the men's game is a lot more than the women's game. And so it's not just a USA problem, it's a, it's a larger scope, it's a larger problem. And that's what's, in, that's what's enabling us to pay our athletes, and that's why the men are getting more than the women is because of the television revenue.
2: And, and not to go down a rabbit hole, but watching today, I was really impressed. A couple of the girls from Netherlands, they said, oh, she's on the Arsenal women's soccer team, right? That's her club team, which I would never know but when you're watching the men's game, more times than not, you're going to recognize because the club game is so much more uh, sure. prevalent than, right. than the women's.
1: Here, here's the answer to your question, Sean, as far as who runs it. It's the United States Soccer Federation, been around for 103 years.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> and they, they, uh, they run uh, men's, women's, youth, beach soccer, Paralympic national teams. They're in charge of the whole shebang. So they're, they're yeah. both, they both get paid by the same organization.
0: So out uh, of the same organization? Yeah. And so once again, it probably the coffers of, you know, this yeah. much comes in for this, you know, it's kind of like saying, should the women's rifle team make as much as a football player if, if athletes got paid? Um,
1: well, you know, it's not quite that, but I get where you're going.
0: Yeah. Well, but <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, once again, the, the money that the alumni, if I wanted to, I could donate money to the university of Florida and say that I want this earmarked for the athletic association and only to go to athletics and it doesn't go to, you know, if I send it to the, to, to the general fund, It can go to, you know, it can go to a butterfly, you know, intern. It can go to anything if I send it, you know, so it's just interesting. I, 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 I agree with you, Todd. I think the conversation is, this is starting a conversation. It will continue. Um, just like in politics, just like in, um, in, in entertainment, uh, you know, why does Jim Carrey make more money than, you know, Haley Joel Osment because he's a bigger star. He brings in more, more revenue. And at some point in time you figure out, you know, um, Bill needs to help me. Jennifer Lawrence makes a lot of money. She makes less than than a Tom Hanks. You know. Um,
2: Listen, but- the, these women are the best in the world. We have the yeah. number one program in the world. They need to be paid the maximum amount possible. Um, I'm, as a fan, I just don't want to be part of that struggle. Other than exactly. I agree, I agree that women should be paid the maximum amount as they should. Yeah, I, I, yeah
1: no, this- I, I let me, I'll I'll close it out here with this. I don't. I don't fault them with with using the largest stage they can have to make sure that every, everybody's aware of this, because in my, I think millions more people are now aware of this problem. You and I in this room knew about it probably already from previous conversations or listening to things in sports. But um, you know, look, I, I just think that there's nothing wrong with them. I know you just want to have a pure soccer game, but there's nothing wrong with them saying we got a problem here, and we need to make sure everybody knows about it. Yeah. That's that's my take. So, but let's yeah, say we're different, having a different, different, different.
3: Ty, Ty, <laughs> Ty, come on, man! Like, no, athletes no, use no. use different motivational factors all the time. All the
1: time, man. Know. Come on, know. Michael Jordan
3: was one of the most competitive <laughs> athletes of all time. And he would take newspaper clippings of reporters when he was in college to motivate him on a Tuesday night to play in Milwaukee, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> hey, hey, I know you're you are you're hundred
2: you're hundred percent correct. I won't argue that. It's just I personally I just win cause you want to win. I hate how they have to manufacture things to motivate themselves. Like
0: Lou Holt saying William and Mary was uh, was a tough program. We to no, yeah,
2: right.
1: Todd, you were just telling me a couple weeks ago, it ain't about the winning in soccer. It's all about just getting, you know, just doing your <laughs> best. Or it doesn't matter, you know, if you you know like the Columbus Blue Jackets had a great season and don't worry about that they, they lost like everybody else except for you know except for the blue. Let's of let's soccer, turn it back on to, on
0: soccer, back all to all sports. I just want to I want to go into yesterday's consolation game as it might be called england plays sweden Ooh. uh england loses two to one and at the end the kind of the making the making news and i just want to get your take on it was the english manager todd uh, coach i'm not sure what you call him manager. um he says well it was just a nonsense game uh and, and he got a lot of heat from alexi lalas and the, and the other people on the on the fox thing for calling it a nonsense game i the the, the young uh the young girl who was wearing the red yesterday i forget her name uh, but she says he didn't call it a nonsense game before the game and he didn't call it a nonsense game if they would have won. So why is it a nonsense game? Cause they lost, you know, just your thoughts when it comes to competition, consolation games. Um, do you, do you think that's fair or foul for him to call it a nonsense game when the, when the team lost?
2: Uh, I think because they lost, it's a, it's a nonsense game. <laughs> um, their, 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 pay is affected, right. Instead of a hundred thousand dollars only got 50 cause they earned, you know, finished fourth instead of third. So it's important to them. Um, I never understood consolation games until my son played lacrosse and there'll be a, a, a bracket and the top two teams play in the bottom. It, it seems a little unnecessary um, to me, but that said, they're professionals They're when, when the ball is in the center circle in the grass, you should play to try to win. I mean, You know, if you, if you, if we were all playing ping pong, we'd be sweating and cussing, trying to beat each other, Yeah, listen, I
0: agree. Todd, the first guy out on the Masters on Sunday is not going to win the tournament, but he's still going to try and shoot a low score, right?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's, that's called being a professional. He doesn't call it a nonsense round, you know?
1: That's a manager speaking in in hindsight, just pissed off because they lost. I think the players played as hard as they could. I I don't think they went in thinking it was a nonsense game. It's just, you know, it's just one guy making a silly statement. I would let it go. Yep, I agree. All right,
0: let's segue. Tennis. Let's let's hit let's stay on the other side of the ocean. Uh Bill, you were there live in person. I'd love to get your take on just your overall experience with Wimbledon. Whoa. Um
1: the... So can you hear me, Todd? Yeah, good. So we'll keep going because uh Sean's a little frozen up there. I think he was gonna say, what about what what do we think about the experience at Wimbledon? Um I mean just driving down the street and seeing it, first of all, as you're approaching, because it's just a neighborhood. It's like it's just a neighborhood. There's some markets up the street and and all of a sudden you're in the middle of this place. There's a golf course, this massive park, and then the complex on the other side of the street, church street. And um, we didn't have tickets. I think, I think we knew that in advance. I tried many different ways to either um, go through an overseas ballot, which is a lottery. There were multiple ways to get online at certain times of the day based on where you were while we were there. Uh, None of them worked and we could not get a show court, which is center court, court one, court two. Um, So we get there. Into the queue on the first day, and we were a little late. We we got a late start, later than we wanted to be. But we got there at six thirty in the morning. Uh, gates open at ten thirty, and we were issued um, queue cards with the number printed on it. Your place in line, if you want to call it that. And we were five thousand five hundred nine and five thousand five hundred ten. That's those a long were,
0: bakery. That's a long delicatessen <laughs> deli- <that's> deli- <laughs> <an> aisle.
1: <laughs> those those were our numbers. Waiting for your
0: pub sub. <laughs> 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 Waiting for your pub sub. That's a long Butcher.
1: wait.
2: So what's your number?
1: So we were, you know, but there were another four thousand people behind us that day. What? So there were about ten thousand people in line in the queue, and it's so. And how many? How many get in? All of them got in. All of us got in. All of us. So it's 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 still it's the only it's it's the premier major in tennis. I would consider the Masters the you know it's just for its exclusivity and what it is and. but it, it allowed um, the grounds are huge and they just work through a process getting everybody uh, into the, and it's really well done. Um, remember now, when, when we showed up there had been people that had been camped out there since Sunday morning. There's like a camp Wimbledoniski, that's Cheshevsky, but there's a, there's a camp a camp Wimbledon and these people line up their tents and the first 1500 people in line will get tickets to a show court. They have 500 seats in center, court, 500 court ones and 500 court twos available to the public every wow, so Except for funny. the last, except for the last four days of the tournament. You know, when you get into the semis and the finals, they're all gone. But that first week, if you got there early enough. Now, let me explain to you, we got there at 630. There were already 50 tents in line for Tuesday. So the Monday tents had been broken down. You have to break your tent down and uh, check it into a left luggage container or box thing they have. And then you would then, um, you you then got in the queue, you know, based on the number, they got wristbands that had a little tag that would pull off and allow them to buy tickets to the court. They wanted to be in that day. The rest of us just get grounds passes. Question. So Bill,
0: let, me, let me get this straight. So mm-hmm. when you show up, you're not, You're not waiting in a line. You're given like a little thing, like a a buzzer, like at a restaurant saying like, we'll call you
1: when it's your turn. No, you wait in a line. So it's, it's really, it's been like 14 blocks away. No, no. It's, it's a, imagine the size of a, it's about 150 yards by about a hundred yards. It's a big mass, maybe 200 yards. It's really a big field. And there are these 15 like white lines. Disneyland lines. Well, it's just a white line painted on the grass. And as you approach and you walk through, you kind of walk down a walkway as you get into the area, um, someone says, you see, you know, just head for the flag with a Q and there's a giant yellow flag, this kid's holding with a Q on it, Q for Q, the line. And you walk to the yellow flag and the yellow flag is the end of the line. And then what it does is down that white line, they line up people down the right side of the line and then they line up a bunch of people down the left side of the line. And they tell you, please stay on the right side, please stay on the left side. And so there's two lines on each white line. We were in K-10. We were the 19th line of people that, st- each one of those lines stretched about 150 to or 200 yards. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of people. And you, because we were there a little late, um, within 10 minutes, I'd say, here comes a guy, uh, four or five people pulling a cart, and with the numbered passes and they would hand it to you. And the rule is you're supposed to not leave the line for more than 30 minutes at a time. But they had restrooms. They had concession stands. You can go to the, uh, the park cafeteria was about a 10-minute walk away. One day, this day two, I walked into town and got a newspaper because it was about a 15-minute walk. Um, so once you're queued up and you got your ticket, you're good to go. And then they start condensing the lines and moving them and getting them, getting them kind of set up to make the walk back out of the park down through the golf course where a lot of vendors are set up as you're walking this line, it's almost Disneyland style where there's things to do along the way. Right. Mm. And then you walk over a bridge over church street, you walk down, you walk right to the ticket office, you give them your 35 pounds per ticket and you're in the grounds. And um, we got in the first day at 1130, the matches started at 11. But uh, the next day we showed up a little earlier. We were 3000, right around 3,100 was our number. And so it's, it's a process. that's just amazing. And the good news is if you're there for the first week, you will guarantee you'll, I guarantee you if you get there by seven, you'll get in and you'll get to see some great tennis. So to
0: walk us quickly through that. You saw, you saw, you got to sit in center court. You got to sit at some of the outside courts, which mm-hmm. is, you know, there's probably the far, far outside courts is a couple hundred people, right? I mean, literally a, not a huge crowd.
1: If that, yeah. I mean, there's that. With court four, we watched uh, Monica Puig um, win her match. We saw Danielle Collins out of St. Pete and UVA uh, win her match. And then there's a process as people leave center court or court one or court two, as they leave, they're prompted to say, you know, get your ticket scanned as you're leaving. And if they leave the gate and get their ticket scanned, it's now available for resale. Hmm. And so there's a place up atop of Him and Hill where you can get in line for center court, court one or court two and as those tickets get released they resell them for 15 pounds super cheap and that all goes to charity so i love the setup and so i got in line um, probably like 4:30 there was about 70 people in line it took 10 minutes
0: so wimbledon and, basically figures we've already made the money on the ticket the yeah. first
1: person and yeah. so everything else they just donate to charity all to charity and so it's wow. a children's charity in the you know in the area it's just beautiful so Whoops. so we bought center 15, 15 pounds is 18 19 dollars something like that. Yeah, Yeah, maybe 20 bucks. Yeah. So for 20 bucks, we're now inside um, center court. Great seats, you know, lower in the bowl. And uh, we got to watch Kyle Edmonds, who's their number one player in Britain, uh, win against a guy from Spain manure. So how many seats in center court? uh, 14,000. And it was, yeah, it's very interesting because you can tell there's a certain look and feel in center court. There were definitely some patrons who've been there for a long time wearing their, you know, khakis and a sport coat, you know, and the women are dressed a little nicer and you can see all the rest of us, you know, cue people showing up in center court cause we're in shorts and t-shirts and just chilling out like so, we were. You know. Bill, we, we, we,
0: we, we spent a night at, at Madison square garden together. It, yeah. The differences between the two. Um,
1: hmm. That's interesting.
0: Cause Madison square gardens is about, Eighteen five, I think.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it, it's 14,000. It looks like it seats about eight. It it's feels so small when you're in there. Um, and here's something completely different that I've never experienced in any sporting venue ever. There are no concessions, no restrooms, nothing inside center court. You leave the stadium to go to an outside concession or, or bathroom and then come back in. Nobody checks your ticket in center court until you're at the, they're called vomitories for those of you not in know about stadiums, but the, Vomit- entry, the entry portal into the seating bowl, that's where they check your ticket. There's no, there's no turnstile to go through. So you know, I guess people are just super civilized in Britain and they don't uh, try to cut into the stadium, but it, it was really cool. And then they have, of course, a real for the people like Shay, they have this really cool, uh, the members club, all glass walled, beautiful place where the people that have season passes go in that way, the members and that sort of thing. But for the general public, you just walk in these entryways. Um, and you're in the, you're in the, you're in the, you're at center court in Wimbledon. So it's pretty cool.
0: So, but one more question before we actually get to the tennis, sure. um, you were, you were there obviously early in the two week fortnight of yep. tennis. Yep. Does it look like a putting green down on the,
1: I mean, does it, it It is uh, spectacular, right? So the court we sat in, we were three, there's only three rows of seats (laughs) and I wanted to be in the third row. You're a little higher, but I was no more than, I don't know, maybe 15 yards from the, uh, the players as they were serving right so very close to the court and it does look putting green quality yeah it's mm. it's uh really well kept amazing right uh, and there were there are 18 courts there so there are three show courts every other court is just general admission but they're all about sp- the same exact all, length all to exacting you know uh, i'm sure specifications uh just spectacular you know and then real quick i'll give you this rundown day two you know we we Cindy really wanted to do Henman Hill, so which is the outside court one. There's this terraced area uh, that has to hold four thousand, five thousand. It's just it could be packed with people. And we would uh, we we brought our own picnic. You can bring alcohol into Wimbledon. We brought a bottle of a prosecco, uh, not mm-hmm. a box of prosciutto, Sean, shade, but a bottle sh- of prosecco. Shade, is,
0: shade is perked up. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and and then uh, we we were able to sit on that we, we spread out a couple of beach towels we brought and we we had some cheese and crackers and some food and just hung out there and watched this massive screen nice. and then cindy would go off to the practice courts and watch she got to see andy murray practice a couple of her favorites or i could go over to another court and watch for a while then come back to the uh to the hill uh and uh you know there's a <laughs> anything you needed was it was within a a two-minute walk when it came to restrooms concessions whatever you needed uh it was Really, just really well run. Um, super, super happy that we got a chance to do that. So
0: good. Yeah, sounds like a, sounds like a great trip. Well, let's yeah. let's wait to actually talk about tennis before we head into get Shea on the board for some Shea bombs with the NBA. Yeah, we need them. Um, let's talk tennis. Let's let's start on the men's side. Uh, Joker, we're in the Sweet Sixteen as we start tomorrow's uh, yeah. matches. Uh, Sweet Sixteen, one step away from the quarterfinals. Joker, the highest seed he's going to face is the fifteenth seed. I think we can pretty much pencil him into the finals. Is that fair to say, or is there someone that you see lurking? Uh, once again, I know, I thought I see you shaking your head. I mean, I, you, no, yeah, he's
1: you he's know.
2: favorite to, to go, right?
0: Yeah. right.
1: You never know, but yeah, you never know, but yeah, he's not, favorite to go. Yep. He doesn't have Federer and Nadal on his side. There, two and then, and then obviously the
0: the bottom of the of the bracket, Nadal and Federer, kind of on a collision course for that semifinals semis, match. Yeah. That yeah. will that will draw a huge rating on that you know on that was that would that be the Friday that would that be Friday then Friday
1: or, okay. yep that'll Friday. be Friday yep
0: yeah um, and let's go to the let's go to the women's side though because I think the story of the tournament the story really of of, Coco. of, of the last couple of weeks is this young girl out of United States Coco Goff 15 years old Bill I know you didn't get a chance to see her just because the way your schedule worked out but just right. talk about as a as a tennis fan and Todd you jump in as well um, what this little girl's doing. Uh, she's got a huge match tomorrow. She's going to play against uh, Halep. Um, Simona
1: Halep, who's a major know, major champion winner, number seven
0: seed, yeah. plays at ten o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, just, um, just, what are your thoughts on on the story that this girl is, has accomplished?
1: Well, I mean, look, um, out of Delray, Delray Beach, Florida, by the way, Florida girl, which is cool. Yep. Um, it's it's tremendous. I think that um, her excitement, the the comeback in her her third round match was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, she was down, I want to say 4-2 or 5-2 in the second set.
2: Two match points.
1: Yeah, yeah. and was able to come back and win that set 7-6 and then end up winning the match. We watched that from a uh, <laughs> an establishment. Uh, so it was uh, – it's just been – really really fun to watch her parents are so into it and uh, she, you know she beat venus right in her first match which was her idol growing up so that had to be you know uh, just the thrill of a lifetime and that third match by the way was in center court so you got a 15 year old in center court at wimbledon uh, that's spectacular so no like i do i have expectations of her beating halep i don't i mean halep is a really really good player so we'll see i mean you you never know but uh, it's been Todd your, your been thoughts a lot on coco um god i
2: love coco right so i know you meant no disrespect you called her a, a little girl she's no she's, <laughs> she's a beast man she is yeah. a beast. she's 15 she's years beast. old I, that's what i meant I, by that. You know, young like yeah I, i'm just teasing i'm just teasing she's great right she's 15 mm-hmm. um i'll raise my hand i'd eat humble pie uh when she beat venus i said dude that's it she's gonna be she she's gonna be spent she's gonna be so excited to, to beat venus and there she she went and beat um the, the the girl from uh slow uh oh, Poland vodka, right yeah
0: Poland I think yeah
2: yeah yeah so um, her dad uh, played basketball at Georgia State her mom was a track and field star at Florida State so um, she's got the 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 athletic genes um, on her side and I think what's in favor for her is her parents although it's only college versus pros, but they have experience and they can kind of guide her through. Like maybe these are some of the pitfalls you may, you may come and go, but the
1: mental part, right? I mean, you know, how do you stay, how do you stay in? How do you, how do you battle back? How do you persevere that that part?
2: Women's tennis, it's not unheard of to have someone so young. I mean, there's, there's a history, but that said in today's era, it's always fun to see someone so young battling. And again, I thought she'd be done after beating Venus or idol and she's just rolling. So it's a great story. Um, I tend to think that the the, the the road will end here in her next match with Halep, but she's proven us wrong three weeks yeah. in, three weeks right. in a row. So who knows, right? I tell you, she was a
0: uh, um, Good Morning America. I was on the other day in the background, and I saw Patrick McEnroe. They went to interview him, and he said, "Look, there." He'll say it. He said it on air. He says, "I'm, I'm going to say it. This girl's going to win a major at some point in her career, maybe multiple majors."
2: Um, I hope so. Yeah. She's just yeah.
0: fun to watch. I, did, did you guys see the clip of her when she was doing like a media thing, and Roger Federer walked past? and stopped and talked to her. And she stopped and like talked to him for a second. And then as he walked away and went to his next match, she goes, y'all got that on tape, right? <laughs> like it was so, <laughs> it was such a fan moment for That's her. So, own, that was such a know.
1: Sean Carpenter thing to say. That was yeah, perfect. No. <laughs> it,
0: it was just so cool that she was so like, <laughs> and then when Serena talked about her at the, you know, in her press conference, um, Shay, I'm sure you probably see that right happening right now in Vegas uh, with the D-League where, where, you know, some of these up and coming players Get a chance to meet the Lebrons and the Anthony Davises and stuff. We'll we'll talk about that in just a second. One last thing, Bill. I know she's one of your favorites, Serena. Eleven seed plays number one seed Ashley Barty out of yeah. Australia um, on Monday um, with a win. She gets into the quarterfinals. Chance chance for her, Serena to to do it.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, once again, until, until someone beats her, she's always the favorite in my opinion, uh, but Barty is a bulldog. I mean, she's uh she, the, the win of the French was out of the blue. We talked about her at the French. Remember? I mean, she was playing professional women's was it rugby or cricket? No cricket. She was a women's cricket player for two years because tennis wasn't working and decided to come back and give tennis a chance. Um, just yeah, so it's gonna be fun to watch. By the way, one last one last story. I got to watch a pickup cricket game in the queue. I just want to tell you, you know, they used a trash can as the wickets in the background. They used a, a two liter bottle and a tennis ball, and they played a cricket match. Now check this out. The guys that are playing are like guys in their twenties, and and they're doing the pitch and the whole thing. And I'm watching this game. I'm just enthralled with the cricket match. And then. I'm watching these older gentlemen show up, right? And so the guys I was watching, you know, probably were British. But then these other guys walk up, could have been British, but they definitely were either, you know, like Indian, maybe Pakistani, but, you know, which they dominate world cricket. In fact, the World the World Cricket Cup, the World Cup of Crickets right now in England, England's in the semis, Tuesday, uh, Thursday. But then these guys were probably 30 years older than the guys playing. Within two minutes, they're playing as well. So you had this whole match going. It was really, I, I just sat there and, I just, I was just enthralled with a, a pickup cricket game. So just want to tell you, it's awesome. Only,
2: only in England. Hey, Sean, <laughs> let's, let's go back to uh, Coco real quick. Um, I, I, I have to give um, props to Venus um, Coco beater in the first set. And you mentioned Federer. She is so starstruck. Like when they went to shake hands, she wanted to be like gush over venus and and she was like oh my god where is these you know they're pros a quick handshake a pat on the back and go and venus to her credit sat there for probably five seconds longer than she wanted to and, and let coco you know say words but i'm sure inside she's like yeah, let me get off this, let me get off this court know. so yeah i gotta i gotta tip my hat because i mean a younger venus may have told her to pound sand right so possible anyway.
0: So, Bill, as we let Shea stretch out and get ready for the Shea box that's going <laughs> to drop on us, you've been now in your life. You've been to the World Series.
1: Yep, my multiple you've been
0: to All-Star game. You've been Two to Wimbledon. To All-Star games, yeah. You've been to Wimbledon. You've been, you've been. to Augusta. You've been to the U.S. Open that Tiger Woods won. Yep. Um, wh- where does the Wimbledon experience kind of stack up with the?
1: They do a the- Super Bowl too. So. Oh wow! Yeah, I saw Denver beat Green Bay in San Diego. Um, Ouch! Yeah wow that's a really good question i don't have yeah
0: maybe think about that for for a future answer number, I just, number one because you're with your fact, wife Cindy, right well the right? fact that you you went into the augusta of tennis you know you went into I did, I mean, yeah. and you were at the us open a couple of years ago so was it you know
1: i've been to a couple of us opens i saw i was at the olympic club um when uh, uh lee jansen won and uh, hey, but
0: US Open Tennis, you were there a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, I've been wow. to US Open Tennis twice as well. Boy, it's that's a really let me come back to that because okay. it's All gonna right. I'll think it through.
0: All right, now we're coming up to the episode of the, of the show that we call Shay Unleashed. We um, we've just been through NBA free agency. Wow, it was uh, well, I guess it was Friday night, 2 a.m. Eastern time, that the big bomb dropped, and that was Kawhi Leonard leaving Toronto to go to the LA. Clippers not the LA Lakers which was kind of expected a lot of the NBA talking heads were guaranteeing he was going to the Lakers turns out he was going to LA it was just the other side of the arena he's going to go to the Clippers part part and parcel with Paul George. Shay, let's just turn it over to you fire up the engines hit NBA free agency wherever you want to start.
3: Kawhi landed to the Clippers right (laughs) um Good, bad, or ugly? Okay, 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 okay. Let's start here. Let's start here. Let's start here. In a a digital world where everyone's on Twitter, everyone's on Instagram, everyone's all over social media, and all these athletes have all these channels to you know, speak their mind and voice their opinion, Kawhi Leonard is so old school. Like, no one had a clue when he was going to announce, how he was going to announce, or where he was going. And the fact that he basically – for for lack of a better term went to the 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 logo and, and the in and the LA Clippers and said if you can go and get this guy who's under contract who just signed a major contract last year you go get this guy and I'll come play for you and no one knew about it and they yeah. pulled it off
0: and they traded oh, like like 31 number number one picks for him i mean
3: it, oh, they, oh they mortgaged the future <laughs> they they gave up everything
0: <laughs> this, is, this is a total pissing contest with the team across the street, <laughs> Lakers. This is a total. The, the water's cold and deep too. I mean, yeah. it is. Shay
1: yeah. Shay, they they announced those two moves virtually simultaneously, right? Yes. Yeah, like yes. By think, the way, we got George on. and Kawhi. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but it makes for a great story, right? Both of these are Southern California guys. They're going back home. You know, they're going to. You know, they're going to play together. Okay, cool. Like you have your way. But by forcing the Clippers to acquire Paul George, they have absolutely zero depth. Now, with that being said, they may be the best defensive team in the NBA, but you only got five guys to play with. So <laughs> there's yeah. no telling what happened. I mean, you re-sign Patrick Beverly, who's hands down the best defensive point guard in the league. Kawhi Leonard, you know, we all know what him and Paul George are defensively. defense. guys yeah, took on um, the state
0: to six games, right? I mean they, they did they won two games yeah. against
3: Golden State without a superstar um and you you add in a a a, a, a dog no no offense Danny Ferry but you add in a dog <laughs> um in Montrezl Harrell who's just uh he's an old junkyard dog I mean he's an undersized big who's just gonna scrap and rebound and fight and fight and fight and you know good luck because you've got Zubak as your as your center now as your starting center who was uh, who was an afterthought for the other LA team. Um, they do have Lou Williams coming off the bench that can give you scoring, but that that's about it. You have nothing else, and you've given up draft picks for the next you know seven years. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, I mean they so they gave up three number ones right, and the number one that they're going to get from Miami in like two more years because you can't give up back to back to back number ones. That's that's some NBA rule, right?
3: Gave up three number ones. You exchange three unprotected number ones. Um, You exchanged two number one seeds and two future number ones. You also gave up uh, a former all star last year, right? Right. Well, yeah. Well, you gave up a former all star in um, in Danilo Gallinari, as well as your number one draft pick last year in Shea Gilders Alexander out of Kentucky. So they gave up a lot.
0: (laughs) Now, let me ask you this, though, as an NBA fan, do you do you like the Clippers now um, with George George and, and Kawhi work well together as a basketball fan?
3: As a ba- okay, right, I'm looking at it from a basketball mind, right? There's not much difference between the two players. They're both long, they're both great defensive players, they're both although Kawhi's extended his range a little, they're essentially mid-range jump shooters. Okay? <laughs> they have to, they're one dribble and, and go guy. They're not necessarily spot shooters or pull up shooters. Um, so essentially you got the same guy, but at least they're friends. Okay, cool. The problem with this move is both of these guys are coming off injury and you talk about a lack of depth. Paul George is, is going to have surgery right now, like <laughs> within the he's next gonna, week.
2: You miss some time, right?
3: Yeah. He's not going to be available for the start of the season. You yeah. look at the playoff run last year, Paul George couldn't lift his arms above his head. Mm-hmm. He has shoulder issues. You know, Kawhi Leonard, uh, two years ago, missed almost an entire season because of his knee injury. But <laughs> you're, you're looking at two injury-prone guys on a team with no depth. So, good luck.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this, Shay. Um, clearly, these guys last year, um, you could argue that that Paul George and Russell Westbrook were the two best players on, on OKC. These are two great players, but who becomes the alpha dog? Whose team is this? Because neither Kawhi nor Paul George seem like the, look at me, I'm the guy. I can go through almost every NBA team, and you can tell me that's Kyrie's team, that's LeBron's team. That's Who who becomes the guy? Or do they just wear that dual, double-headed, dragon um, approach?
3: I mean, make no mistake about it, it's Kawhi's team. Toronto is Kawhi's team, too. Um, He's a lead by example, lead by action type of guy. He's not a rah rah guy. But both he, of them seem very definitely... quiet. Though.
0: Both of them seem very. They're not going to flash. They're not going to drop any uh, media uh, bombs. You know, that's going to cause any attention. Is that right?
3: I, 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 from what I've from what I've heard and what I've seen, I'm mm-hmm. not uh, I'm not in the locker room with either one of those guys. And I, but from what I've heard, they're both pretty uh, level headed guys.
0: Okay. All right, well, that'll be interesting to watch. Now let's go across the hallway there at, at the Staples Center. Lakers add Cousins and Rondo to this team. Uh obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis um and oh, and don't forget the other Quanzo or what's the what's the guy's name that they also signed the uh the little skinny white kid that they signed.
3: Um Oh, Carusco. Alex Caruso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and, <laughs> and Danny Green, right? Oh, they, had a, yeah,
3: they had yeah, Dan they Green. had Danny Green. So, I mean, let let let's, let let us be, uh, let's look at what the Lakers did here. The Lakers are one of the few teams in the NBA that legitimately have two starting five lineups. Wow. So you look at LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, Ray John Rondo, Cal um, Kuzma, and let's say uh, Caldwell Pope, who was a former Laker. They just brought him back, right? That's a solid starting five. Not to mention they re-signed JaVale McGee, who started for mm-hmm. them last year. Right. Uh, they they stole Quinn Cook away from the Golden State Warriors, who uh, got a lot of minutes in the finals. Yep. Um, you go bring in a veteran like Jared Dudley uh, from the Brooklyn Nets, who was the veteran in their locker room on their playoff run last year. Um, these guys, Danny Green, who's a two-time NBA uh, NBA champion here, who shot 40% from behind a three-point line last year. Kawhi missed a lot of games last year. When Kawhi was out, he had to lean on guys like Danny Green and Fred VanVleet to win you games in the regular season. And he still comes from that Spurs model, and he's able to bring that into the Lakers' locker room now. It makes for a really interesting team.
1: Are they the favorite?
3: Um, Vegas doesn't say so, but I do.
1: What's Vegas say? Vegas, Vegas says covers.
3: Uh, Vegas no. has the Clippers and the Lakers right behind them. Okay. And you're not buying that, right, Jay? No. I I mean, I, I don't know anything about gambling in the NBA. I'll leave that up for other guys. But yes, sir. um yes, sir. What, <laughs> what I will say is let's not let's not overlook the subtle moves that the teams that were in the top four of the Western Conference last year made. You look at a team like Portland who You return your core, and you bring in a piece like Hassan Whiteside that's going to give you a defensive presence. You draft a guy like Nasir Little, who we talked about before was the number two recruit coming out of high school. You add these pieces. You look at a team like Denver, who's able to retain everybody, who's able to make a few moves. You look at what Utah has done this offseason. Utah has two of the top five defensive players, and they're both rim protectors. And then you bring in Mike Conley, and yeah. Bogdanovich, shooters, and now a legitimate point guard, Utah's going to be a force to be reckoned with. These teams – And those and, teams and you not,
0: mentioned, Shea, are going to be so under the radar because they're just not going to be the headline te- the game on NBA tonight, right? Mm. No.
3: No one – I mean, I'm, no offense, guys, but no one really watches Utah and Denver. And Denver was the number two seed in the right. West last year. Right. And we never talked about Denver. We never saw Denver. We never hmm. talked about Utah. And these are teams – according to vegas i just looked downstairs earlier 20 to 1 30 to 1 to win the nba championship and you were the number 2 seed last year and you only got better yeah and yeah. If there's something to be said in basketball about chemistry and cohesiveness like there they, when you can play with a group of guys and you know where that guy is going to be you know what that guy's strength is you know what that guy's weakness is you can kind of cover up and it's a, it's a team sport you can do other things to compensate for that Oh, and by the
0: way, one team we haven't mentioned in the West that took Golden State to the six games in the semifinals, Houston. Uh, rumors that they they're really an outside chance, but can you imagine if they get Westbrook? Um, I don't know how that would work. There's only one ball, um, but <laughs> but you know you you haven't even, you haven't even mentioned Houston
3: yet, Shea, and they were the third seed in the West. And that and that's the thing. You know, there there's some internal issues in Houston, but they brought everybody back. And not only did they take Houston or take Golden State the six games last year, let's talk about the year before last when they brought everybody back and they had a, a 3-2 lead against Golden State.
2: <laughs> yeah. Todd? A little West Coast biased here. We're not even talking about the, the huge asset in New York, right? It's next up on the list, man. It's next up on the list. Let's,
0: let's go east. Let's go east of the Mississippi. Let's talk about, uh, first of let's all. Let's
1: just have a hearty laugh at the Knicks fans right now. Can we do that real quick? Uh, I didn't say <laughs> that. At Bill, Russell.
3: At Bill hey guys, Russell. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. The breaking news. The Knicks are the favorite to be the summer league champs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that in a quarter,
2: right? I was going to say,
3: that and a quarter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just really quickly Shay your thoughts on Jimmy Butler to Miami kind of um, taking the D Wade spot right
3: you know he took matters into his own hands uh, I think you need to pair him with a star um, I know that Miami was working really hard to try to get Bradley Bill down but now I hear they're, um, they're kind of leading the sweepstakes to put together a trade package for Russell Westbrook Okay. Um, so that could be interesting there um, hey, should, I don't should, think Butler will do it all again
2: do you think Russell's gone or do you think he stays
3: I think he moves. I don't know if he moves this summer. I think it may yeah. be at the deadline. Um, but yeah, his agent came out and and said, you know, we want out. Wow. So, but yeah. but, but 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 guys, this is something that we've talked about here um, on this podcast before. Oklahoma City was looking; they were looking to create money to create salary cap. They felt like they had almost maxed out with the current team they had. And they were looking to move pieces, whether it be a Dennis Schroeder or a Steven Adams, to create more money because it's a small market team. And, yeah, you're getting TV revenue, but if you're not going to have enough pieces to beat the Golden States and the Lakers and the Clippers, what's the point? Why not just start a rebuild right now and save a little bit of money? Mm. And this is before the Paul George trade. Um, another team well, to kind of watch out for in the East, though, is – I, it's the process is gone. It's no longer trust the process. But the Philadelphia seventy sixes made some really interesting moves, and they went real old school. But they're big. Al they're Horford, really, baby. really Al big. Horford. Yeah, they're big. You look at Embiid. You look at Horford. You look at them bringing back Tobias Harris. You look at them giving Ben Simmons like all the money that they could find <laughs> in the state of. Uh, in the, the state only person they lost was
0: JJ reddick right? I mean, that's the only like big that's, name, right? Because Galinari stays, right?
3: That's not a big one. J- right? You Is lose JJ Reddick and you lose Jimmy Butler. Butler but you right. but you bring in you bring in a Josh Richardson from Miami who's gonna give you essentially the same thing Jimmy Butler did because you limited Jimmy Butler when he's there. And who and was the draft you, pick? You, you know that one slips me after I forget who they drafted there. Um, fired. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Got too so much on my mind, man. I'm I'm summer leagued out. I'm watching summer league talk right now. Talk about the Nets. Yeah, and talk.
0: Kemba to Boston too, right? Kemba to Boston, and then Durant and Kyrie to the
3: Nets. Yeah. yeah, and Kevin Durant came out today said he's changing his number. Number That's seven. That's the new thing. That's the new thing to do now, right? You get a new team, you change your number, you increase jersey sales.
2: There
3: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not dumb. <laughs> so to talk about those
0: two teams. Kemba to Boston. Uh, you know. You know, with Gordon Hayward coming back off a full, healthy season, um, you know, is that – you like that slot of basically putting Kemba in Kyrie's spot?
3: We'll see. I think Kemba's a better fit than Kyrie. Um, But Boston still needs bigs. You know okay. they signed Enos Cander out of Portland, but they still need bigs. They signed a European guy to come over and play some bigs. But Boston is another one of those teams that was uh, that were talking to Oklahoma City to possibly bring in like a Steven Adams.
0: Okay, and, and now the team like taking over the t- the team taking over New York, the Nets.
1: Um, I like what the obviously like Durant probably Nets not going to play
0: for a year, right? Maybe 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 a playoff run next spring in twenty twenty if, if he's you know cleared, um, but what do you think about what what the Nets are doing?
3: I like what the Nets are doing there. Uh, I like what the front office is doing in 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 Brooklyn. Um, we talk about coaches on the we talk about coaches a lot and um that coaching tree in Brooklyn it's the same coaching tree that came from Greg Popovich, and we talk about you know guys like Boonhauser and um, guys like Quinn Schneider out in Utah. All that is from the pop of its tree. So if you put the right pieces there, they'll find a way to make sure that the pieces are in the right place.
0: Okay. Good. So Shay, if you had to pick right now, who's your NBA champion 2020?
3: The Milwaukee Bucks.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Shea bomb.
1: The first, so <laughs> the first spend, mention we, of the Bucks We spent 17 years <laughs> talking about everybody,
0: but the Milwaukee Bucks, and.
1: Yantis Antetokounmpo. Hey Giannis, you if ya- Giannis. Giannis, if you're listening to the
0: Staredown, give us a shout out on Twitter. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's you awesome.
3: Give, uh, you give Giannis another year of Coach Bud. They bring everyone back except for Brogdon. That's awesome. and you you replace Brogdon with the Wesley Matthews. And not mm. to mention, you pair the Lopez twins together now, so it's not just Brooke, you get Robin too.
0: Dude, uh, I like if, the Bucks. If one year ago I told the NBA commissioner Adam Silver that the next two years you're going to have Toronto and Milwaukee win the, win the championship, uh, he would absolutely <laughs> just resign on the spot. <laughs> um, but we'll see, man. Maybe maybe Shea's calling his shot, and we'll we'll see,
3: man. Bill, bill this this wow. Bucks still By
0: buy the Milwaukee futures tomorrow.
3: The Bucks <laughs> were up two to nothing on Toronto this year. All right, so
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we could be talking a whole different story about look, t- Kawhi staying in Toronto and everything if uh, Milwaukee closes that out. Shay, great job tonight, man. You've earned your, you've earned your, your, your spot in the corner here on the show, man. God, good stuff, good stuff. Now we'll we'll just even we keep you interested now until October when uh, when when the hoop hoops start again. <laughs> hoops never stop, baby. Basketball is life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just really quick oh. we got Bill, we got Bill's take on uh, on Wimbledon. What is the vibe there in Vegas with the you know with, with the D league? I mean are our games played at the Thomas and Mac Center where are they where are they played?
3: So it's the G league now. Gatorade's the head sponsor, so it's the G league oh, Gatorade yeah. took over um, yeah, so there are two uh, you got two venues here. so they're the Thomas and Mac where UNLV plays just across the parking lot there, the Cox Pavilion there, which is a smaller gym. Um, so they're going on time. Well, they're going on simultaneously, essentially. So games will start at eleven o'clock in the morning and they basically go to eleven o'clock at night every wow. single day for two weeks. Wow! <laughs> and, and, <laughs> it's a basketball. It's a basketball lover's dream, and it's really cool because you're seeing these guys that have been drafted essentially within the last three years, or just been picked up, or these G League veterans, and then you bring over a team from China and a team from Croatia, and you get to see these young budding superstars. And it's $35, general admission, and then you have all these NBA players that are just there hanging out and just watch it. It's, it's kind of cool for, you know, just the average Joe just to go down and you pay $35 and you can hop from gym to gym all day and watch basketball, as much basketball as you want. For junkies like me, that's a good thing. So you literally just follow
0: all the guys on Instagram and watch their stories to figure out where they're sitting and then go sit down. <laughs>
3: we'll
1: watch it. Watch a LeBron, AD, and uh, Kuzma walk in. Well, that was That had to be sweet. <laughs> You know, just if you were in that arena, right?
3: Yeah, you should have seen the handshake. It was LeBron and and Anthony Davis are pretty much together at all times,
1: uh, along with Rich
3: Paul and one of LeBron's buddies there. But Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams from the LA Clippers walk into the gym, too. And then it's the most awkward handshake ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: That's good stuff. All right, guys, long show. Let's yeah. hit on golf really quick. Todd, uh, we already heard Bill said he slept through it. <laughs> uh, you and I were watching the 3M Championships it took place up in Minnesota, outside of Minneapolis, the first non-major to be played in or in, in the state of Minnesota since 1951. Wow. Um, beautiful course. Uh, Matthew Wolf, young 20-year-old out of Oklahoma State, uh, wins his first PGA Tour event. One of the most awkward swings, you'll see this side of Jim Furyk and Arnold Palmer. Uh, people since his youth have been telling me he needs to change it. But I'll tell you what, man. It produced a 21-under championship. Uh, Todd, that that finish was unbelievable because you had five or six guys kind of battling there at the end. DeChambeau makes eagle. Let's just cut right to the last hole. DeChambeau drops a six iron, what, four feet from the cup? And then I think Seven. Uh, and, and then calmly drops it in for Eagle to take the lead. And then the two young kids, 21 and 25, the the kid um, Morikawa out of Cal, um, mm-hmm. they both come in, both hit the fairway on 18, have a chance to birdie, – birdie ties it. Bill, it's been 28 tournaments, now 29, that there's been no playoff on the PGA Tour. Wow. Which is kind of hard to believe when you think about it. yeah. yeah. Um, so Morikawa and Duchambeau or Morikawa and Wolf both go for the green in two. Uh, Wolf hits first, Todd, and puts it on the fringe, but pin high, about what 22 feet from the hole, maybe downhill mm-hmm. putt. Uh, Faldo was kind of surprised the ball didn't kind of roll back down the hill when it landed, and then Morikawa hits it right over the top of the cup, uh, about 14 feet long, and they both have eagle putts. So Bill just just to get to the chase. Wolf puts first, Duchambeau's watching from the clubhouse getting ready to and go he, to
2: the... To he's, walking the range. he's walking the range. heading to the
0: range. Yeah. And, and he hears the eruption as Matt Wolf drains this 22-foot putt, pin in, center cut. He, he turns and, around and walks
2: back. Right. Yeah,
0: and, and DeChambeau's like, he made it? Okay, good for
2: him.
0: And I I said to Ryan, man, I said, I think this Morikawa guy's going to drop it in on top of him to tie and go to a playoff. And Sure enough, he doesn't. This Matt Wolf kid uh, and his caddy embracing a very emotional, you know, hug. Todd, what just
2: that was a fun tournament to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't watch a lot of it, but followed it and listened to a little bit on my drive down to South Georgia today on two hundred eight Sirius XM PGA Tour radio. Um, so the interesting thing I found, and you guys tell me because you're more avid golfers. This, this finishing hole, 18, is a par five. It's not a, a – there's a ton of eagles. So there's a ton of eagles. There's a ton of birdies. There's some pars, and then there's a ton of eights. So, you know, you, you can either just kill it an eagle or, or blow it up. Yesterday, uh, Jason Day made the cut because the last guy playing put an eight on the board and moved the cut line uh, <laughs> up one. And, and I was talking to my buddy. He's like, Jay State's not making the cut. He's not making the cut. Oh, he made the cut. Just because someone put a, a snowman on the card. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know many uh, finishing holes that are that, I guess, variable, volatile. I don't Risk know Risk, right reward, type thing. thing, yeah. Well,
0: yeah. That,
1: so that big uh, The water. The water's what does that. You just, you know, you miss a shot a little bit, right? then yeah 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 Yeah, it kills you it kills
0: you well I mean think about that. you know I mean DeChambeau hit driver six iron so I think it's I think it's five you know 530 for those guys you know you know they're hitting six irons 210 to 230 Um, you know it's it it should be a par four maybe but clearly it's it can't be a par four Um, but really the 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 par doesn't matter it's the number of shots it takes to get in the hole right and and call it an eagle call it a birdie call it whatever you want This is fun, and this Matt Wolf kid, I'm telling you, when you see his swing, Bill, have you seen his swing? I have. He cocks his left
1: leg. Yeah, it's a weird thing. He twists his
0: back. My son Ryan said it's all about getting his – he wants to visualize where his hands are going through, so he kind of cocks once really quick and then starts his swing. And when you see it, you're thinking, like, well, he's got to change his swing. Well, he's heard that since he's been little, and he hasn't changed his swing. He hits it in the sweet
2: spot. (laughs) Jim Furyk, Arnold Palmer. Uh, Some of the – Erik's dad's a, a teaching professional. If, if, <laughs> if he wasn't changing his swing, no one's changing his. Swing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: if you
0: can consistently hit the ball in the center of the club face, all that matters. Um, on the it's other not- side of the ocean, John Rahm wins the Irish Open, his second in three years. Uh, puts him in, makes him a kind of a favorite in two weeks. Um, so we head next week to the John Deere Classic, out in. Um, Iowa, is it, I think it's in Iowa.
1: And, and the waiting uh, 747 or 747 whatever 747 that takes yeah. the guys. Over. Jet, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, the guys that qualify, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll start talking about the 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 the, the open championship. Sorry,
1: Yep.
2: The mm-hmm. championship
0: next week. Uh, and let's finish with with Major League Baseball, guys. Um, we hit officially the All Star break tonight. Um, the MLB first half of the season is in the books uh, right now. Boy, it's it's runaways really in four, five of the six divisions. AL, New York, six and a half games up. Minnesota, five and a half games up. Houston, seven and a half games up. In the NL, Todd, Shea, your Atlanta Braves, six games up right now. Mm-hmm. Six wow. games up. Boy, young team that's just having some fun playing. Uh, Cubs, half a game up. And the last place team in that is the Cincinnati Reds, who have been on kind of a little resurgence, lost two in a row to, to Cleveland. Cleveland this week in the battle of Ohio, but um, the last place team in that division is only four games back, four and a half games back. Um, the Dodgers 13 and a half game lead out West.
2: Mm. Um,
0: I, I think our, Bill, our second half, our, our attention turns to the wild card.
2: Yeah. Tampa
0: Bay, a half game lead over Cleveland right now. And only three games out is five other teams. Uh, and the nationals just a half game up over Philadelphia. So Todd, your NL East is a, uh, Fun, fun, uh, fun tournament to watch. We have the Home Run Derby tomorrow night. We have the All-Star Game in Cleveland, Ohio. Second time it's been there in the last 25 years. Uh, should be fun to watch. Uh, Bill, just look, as our old school baseball guy, what, what do you look forward to most about All-Star Game?
1: Well, I mean, I like, I love, I love the game. I mean, the, the Home Run Derby is a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely something that was added to the event because – I heard an interesting number this uh, that uh, Cito Gaston, by the way, right? The uh, manager yeah. of the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Old name right there. Yeah, Cito Gaston won back-to-back World Series, right? Um, Cito was with the Padres in 1970 and made the All-Star Game. That All-Star Game had 35 million viewers. Mm. Under that number. 35 million people watched the All-Star Game in 1970. This year, six or seven million will watch it. It's just a... There's, it's just a different. We're in a different time. There's a lot of different things happening. Um, so Bill, 1970. <laughs> let's think about 1982. When if you were yeah. if you were a
0: Reds fan, the only time you got to see an American League player was in the All Star Game.
1: That's it, and that's right? what the whole the interleague play wasn't here, right? So without interleague play, it was that opportunity to see your your team play against that other league. Deal, you know that you only the uniforms were different that you never saw. You never saw on television either, right? Because you only had one game a week. <laughs> think about it right it was you know you know this week in baseball followed mm-hmm. by the game of the week on you know nbc or whoever had it that year cbs Oh, gary's
0: yeah so tony kubek
1: so it's a different it's a different but but i look i i still like the pomp and circumstance of the all-star game um i think of all the all-star games out there it's the one that that uh, seems like the level of play is um doesn't change much right from the regular season, where you know, when you when you get into the NBA or hockey, even especially football, they're just kind of they're just these crazy exhibitions of individual talents. But so that that part I like a lot. And I'll actually be on the road. I'll be in Lee County, so I'll be sitting at a bar across. This, it's called uh, uh, it's a. It, no, it's a <laughs> not Ford's Garage, but it's across from the place I stay. That it's a uh, it's Shoeless Joe Jackson or something. That's the name of the ah, place. Cool. <laughs> and I'll be sitting there watching the game. Uh, so.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's, I, still, I still remember moments from the All Star game, probably more than some of the World Series moments. Atlee Hammaker oh, giving up a grand slam to Fred Lynn in Old yeah, Comiskey Park. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, just, just yeah. you know, some of the just cool moments.
1: The infamous, infamous Pete Rose, right? Taking real, real out. Pitcher, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Fosse. Yeah, yeah. really Fossey, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, um, I'm looking forward to it. I like it a lot. I, you know, I've been to uh, three All Star games, right? Uh, San Diego, Baltimore, and Colorado. Uh, and had a blast at all of them, so it's uh, it's a it's, it's a big part.
0: Super cool! Wow, we covered a lot, guys. We 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 ran long on time, but boy, we covered so much, and we've been off for two weeks. So it's good to see you guys again. Uh, let's go around the horn really quick and see what's going on this week. Shay, you're in Vegas for a little bit longer. Tell us what you got
3: going on this week. Um, I'm gonna try to learn some things about a salary cap because uh, the <laughs> NBA salary cap, I still don't <laughs> understand. So good I'm luck. gonna work on that for the next couple of days um names in summer league tyler hero out of kentucky kentucky Mm. yes um with the miami Heat, is lighting summer league on fire he's just Mm. a fun guy to watch he's 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 mike Miller 2.0 baby yeah yeah (laughs) like he's really really good man i didn't i didn't realize the kid was that good yeah they said he might have been
0: the best player on the team last year in kentucky
3: yeah Mm. yeah so yeah um go check out some of these kids man in summer league and uh Hang out in Vegas and try not to melt. Hey, let me ask
0: you a question. How do they fill out the, the 10-man roster in that league? I mean, are these like some high school rejects playing? Or, I mean, are these like all just like D2 players or what?
3: Uh, they'll send invites. Uh, it's not a lot of – I mean, some guys are drafted, some guys from G League, some guys that have floated around um, – back and forth between here and overseas. They'll send out invites and just kind of give them an opportunity. A lot of these guys, what makes the Summer League interesting to me is a lot of these guys are fighting for spots in the G League and hope that they maybe can get a one in one contract or a 10-day contract somewhere the down the line.
1: Yeah. yeah,
3: and so these guys are really fighting with everything they have they had to fight just to get on the summer league roster. And now that they're on the roster, they're fighting for another chance just to stick with the organization, not even to make it to the big league. That's cool.
0: That's awesome. Perspective, Perspective. right, Sean? Perspective. Yeah, right? For sure. Cool. Todd, how about you, buddy? You're down in Valdosta making some calls on some clients in Southern Georgia. down In, yes. Lowndes, County. in
2: Lowndes County, Titletown, USA, right? Um, so let's let's not talk about what's happening next week now. Let's talk about what's happening right now uh as soon as we hang up here tuned t- to fs1 the 2019 Concacaf gold cup final is going on as we speak uh usa, U- <laughs> USA mexico right now 00, 18 minutes in okay um where's that game being so played it's being played in soldier field chicago oh cool and so as everyone wants to think usa mexico happens all the time but this is only the second time since 2011 um uh, that we've met mexico in a, in a championship Trophy hoisting opportunity. Um, so we are the two powers uh, in the Concacaf region, which is you know North America, Central America, and uh, the Caribbean. But um, it's not as often as as you think that we uh, we play. So as soon as we're done, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and hopefully watch. Yeah, Thursday. I will
0: crack another beer and watch that. That's awesome.
2: Hoist the trophy. And it was oh. a big Saturday along with the Women's World Cup, um, the Copa America, which is South American tournament. Uh, Brazil beat Peru three to one. So Brazil. Uh, hoisted trophy and they haven't won the Copa America since I want to say 2009 or 2011. Again you think Brazil's the powerhouse of South America and this is their first uh, championship uh, there in a long time. So Mm -hmm. never dull in the soccer world. Um, Sean, uh, the innovation showroom for is in South Georgia this week that's why I'm here. Uh, I don't know if I've talked to you guys about this uh, with you uh, guys about this but we basically take an RV and trick it out with all of our products inside of it, right? So it's an air-conditioned mobile uh, innovation showroom where we can bring in customers and show them all of our products. Um, Huge on the innovation, electronic sides, access control. Um, So that's what I'm going to be doing uh, Monday and Tuesday. So I'll be here in Valdosta and then head up to Warner Robins um, on Tuesday morning. So a lot of training this week and uh, exposing uh, new and old customers of what we what we do what we can provide, and kind of give end users ideas of uh, what to do future with uh, their buildings
0: very cool kind of reminds me of that that tour bus in the 60s uh what was the band's name oh the doors um (laughs) he's here all night you up, um,
1: <laughs> the Bill,
0: How about you, buddy? Oh. Where are you at? You're, you're 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 finally figuring out where you're at in, in the clock and in, in the. <sighs> when you wake up in the morning, you got to check with Cindy. Like, what's what city are we in? Where are we oh, at? What are yeah. you got coming
1: up? Well, um, I'll be in Lee County on Tuesday and Wednesday, down in Naples. I, and Sean, Sh- you know this woman. Her name is Dolly Lenz. Oh
2: you,
0: my gosh. You've yeah.
1: seen Dolly before, and you and I, you know, sometimes wonder. Sometimes, but I'm interviewing Dolly Lenz for the podcast in person Tuesday. Wow! With, with Tiffany McQuaid. So now,
0: now for Todd and Shay, this is a uh, what what some would probably consider royalty in our business. Uh, yeah. Someone who's who's just you know obviously is a female dominating the. The New York real estate market,
1: Manhattan uh, market. Geez. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, her and
0: Barbara Corcoran, you know, two of the biggest names. Yep. You'll know coming out of, out of real estate in New York City. But wow, that's cool. You're
1: are, you're interviewing in person. In person, taking my little mobile unit on the road, and we're going to sit and chat. Hit, uh, and why Tiffany. is Tiffany gonna be There, uh, she's hanging out with Tiffany. Actually,
3: oh,
1: Tiffany Tiffany are... sold her a place Florida. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <coughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, sure that's
2: you say hello to Dolly for us.
1: I will. H- hello, Dolly. Hello. Oh, uh, well played, Todd.
2: So let me, let, me,
1: uh, let me give you this quick story out of um, Great Britain. We rented a car from a Hertz. I'm sorry, we hired a car from Hertz. You don't rent in, in uh, the UK, you hire. So we hired a car. We we're going to take it for the day up north in the, into the Midlands. And uh, they ended up upgrading us to a Mercedes. So it was supposed to be a Skoda Octavia. I don't know what the hell a Skoda Octavia is, but it turned, it turned into a Mercedes, like 220 SEL or something. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. So we head up, we're doing pretty good. Um uh, we get to our place. I get back. Cindy's driving on the right side, right? My, my, yeah. I'm driving on the left side. I'm sitting on the right side of the car. It's the craziest thing ever, right? Okay. Yeah. But, but we make it work. Um, we make it work. And as we get back, I had prepaid for the fuel. Trust me. It's a long story, but it's worth it. I prepaid for the fuel, 90 pounds, 90 pounds to fill the tank. Think about that. That's over a hundred dollars to fill the tank. Cause I thought I'm going on a 350 mile trip. We'll go ahead and prepay it. We didn't even use a full half tank. This car has like a 700 mile range to it, right? So I get back and I'm like, it's not even, ha-. And I said to the guy, why, why didn't the guy tell me that I can go 700 miles on this diesel Mercedes? And he said, I don't know, but you can go fill it up. There's a gas station a mile away. I said, can I? And so Cindy said, go ahead. And now I got to drive through two roundabouts on my own because Cindy was backwards, Yeah, backwards. But I, I do, I take the car out. I get it filled up. In fact, first I go try to pay. I give the guy the credit card. I'm going to fill it up on 11. He goes, I don't need that. Go fill it up. He's yelling at me like, go fill it up. You don't prepay in the UK. You just go fill it up and you go pay the guy. Shay wouldn't even know what that means because you, as long as you've been alive, Shay, you had to prepay, right? But back in the day for us, we don't, guy,
3: we don't, we don't pump our own gas. Oh, that's cars. right.
1: You can't, <laughs> <even> <laughs> <touch them. laughs> you can't even touch that nozzle. That's right. <laughs> all right. So anyways, here's the story. I go, I pump my gas, I go back in, I pay the guy, I come out and sure as shit, I get into the left side of the car like I would at home and I sit down and there's no f- steering wheel. I'm on the wrong side <laughs> of the car. <laughs> now the gas station's packed with people. What am I going to do? So I quickly start searching for things. Like maybe I was looking for something. Then I get out and I open the back door to look back there under the seat. I'm not looking <laughs> for anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to save face with the rest of the UK just, guys going, What the calm. hell shame? Bill, Bill, I already calm. saw the
0: video on, on funny <laughs> oh England God. videos earlier today, yes. Oh. And then
1: I walked around the car and got in the right side of the car where you're supposed to. So how much
0: to- did you save from the
1: $90 prepay? I paid 30 pounds to fill it up. 12, so it's 60 pounds, 60 yeah. pounds, which is about 75 bucks. I bought your two extra Guinnesses at the, at the pub. That, well, yeah, that did. Uh, I had a good night that night at the I pub. I can't tell you how
0: proud Todd and I were of you ordering not just a second beer, but a third beer. That a third, crazy a crazy third pint. Is- and
1: on. then we walked back to the hotel from there. So that was the best part. But, um, yeah, I had a great time. So I just, uh, uh, I can't stress enough how nice everybody in the UK was, how cool they were. It's, uh, if you get a chance to go, do London go? Do London you'll you will have the best time of your life. So throw it out there. Um, the guest this week and uh, my real estate sessions rewind right another yep, rewind for last week. Yep, David Marine. I love it. Somebody you know well, Sean. One of my it was from, it was from uh, last fall. Uh, David Marine, the vice president, senior vice president of marketing for Coel Banker, um, is going to be our guest. So uh, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Good. So, when do you start up the live shows again? Uh, July. 30th i think so okay, i've so got the four of- there's yeah the whole month of july and it's really worked out well i didn't have to worry about a thing while i was while i was traveling right um, and so it's a nice little break and i think it's good to you know there. these are shows that people liked a lot so good cool good.
0: guys for me it's a it's a home week uh, which means a lot of just uh, a lot of i look at my calendar right now in front of me i got a lot of appointments uh, a lot of meetings um you know gosh a new coaching client starting up. I got a match play event bill uh, nice. we'll in our, in our club match play event uh, a webinar I'm doing on Thursday. Uh, and then Ryan and I are going to head up to, to play some golf at, uh, prepping him for tryouts coming up in, at the end of the month. So um, exciting week guys. Great show. Shay, thanks for joining us from Vegas. Todd, thanks for joining us from Valdosta bill. I know you're tired. Thanks for joining us from St. Pete and I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. As always guys, thanks for listening to the stare down.